0: Hello, you're listening to a little bit of Largam, a podcast exploring how to find a more balanced, sustainable, and mindful approach to living, to support your well-being, the well-being of others, and of the planet too. My name is Marla, and today I'm chatting with a woman who I think is absolutely wonderful. She remains anonymous and goes by her alter ego, which is the crap activist’ account on Instagram so I can't tell you her true identity but she is a mum of two teenagers and she was worried about what the future would hold for them. They were feeling hopeless as a family and she decided to set a New Year's resolution to make one change every day for the better. I hope that you find this conversation as inspiring and uplifting as I did and she shares so much useful advice and just gives you a bit more hope for the future, which we all need right now. So before I chat for too much longer, let's just jump straight into the episode because it's a really lovely one.
1: I'm a bit of a Luddite when it comes to stuff like this. Let me see if I can work out how to make No worries. I, I nice can't. My oh, here we go. Oh there you Hello. are.
2: Hi. <laughs> Hi, nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you. Thank you so much for agreeing to have a chat with me. No problem. Um, I really
1: appreciate it. It's a little intimidating. Uh, well, you're not intimidating. Uh, just the prospect of, uh, of this is a little intimidating, especially having listened to some of your your other podcasts. And as I said in my message, you've had some amazing guests on, some fascinating people. And I don't know that I feel quite worthy. Uh, but anyway, I'm happy to roll with it, Marla. That's the thing.
2: I mean, I think you're an incredibly fascinating person. So I remember I was super nervous the first time I was interviewing someone as well. Um, so yeah, <laughs> you can put me at ease. <laughs> I can try my best. I can try. My Do best. your
1: best. <laughs> That's good enough. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, I thought first of all, it'd be great if you could just talk a little bit more about why, yeah, why you set up the account that you did, and why you set the resolution that you did for this year, which is a super awesome one to set.
1: Um, yeah. So th- there's there's me and my husband, and I've got two teenage daughters, one that's just off 17, and one that's 13. So I've got these two awesome girls and a pretty awesome husband as well. And we've been kind of coasting in life for however many years, kind of feeling like we've been sort of doing our bit, but certainly up until last Christmas sort of had this slightly awful impending sense of doom that although we we were sort of telling ourselves we were doing our bit. Um, everything in the world was sort of seeming very gloomy and a bit desperate, but, but but nevertheless, we were feeling fairly impotent about kind of what on earth we could do, or certainly that's how I was feeling. I wasn't necessarily expressing it, but I was certainly feeling it kind of inwardly. You know, we were, we were sort of, uh, I think kidding ourselves quite a lot actually. You know, I'd, I'd remember to take my bag shopping, mm. but actually if I forgot to take my bag shopping, that was okay because I could just buy some bags, and um, you know we 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 would sometimes remember to take our water bottles with us. Um, but if we didn't, that would be okay because we could just grab some, you know, just buy some water bottles. Um, so there was an element of us sort of kidding ourselves a little bit, and just sort of in feeling uh, feeling kind of increasingly impotent and sort of gloomy as the year was coming to an end with. The state of the state of world affairs, actually, uh, politically and environmentally, and uh, everythingly, actually, it was just a bit gloomy. And actually, ironically, that was before the shit hit the fan this year as well. Um, so <laughs> the mess we're in now, geez. Um, so that's sort of where um, I was asked as the year was coming to an end, and then we were. We were on a road trip somewhere during the Christmas break and we were listening to um, Adam Buxton's mm. podcast. He's he's much more of my generation than, than yours. He's a very funny guy. He has good guests on there. And he always does a Christmas special with his old comedy partner, Joe Cornish. Back in the day when I was a student, we used to watch the Adam and Joe show on telly. Anyway we were tuned into um, Adam Buxton and he and Joe were talking about a TV program that used to be on in the, uh, in the late 70s and 80s called Tomorrow's World, which, which was, have you heard of Tomorrow's World? I've heard of it, but I'm not You've
2: super familiar with it now. Okay, so
1: it's, it's a program I grew up with. Tomorrow's World was this kind of, um, it was mainstream telly, but it was kind of science and it was all about the future and it was all about how one day we'd have phones that we can actually walk around with and how we might um, have computers in our homes and how we might have jetpacks to get to work. And it was this amazing kind of program. I think it used to be on after Top of the Pops. So you'd watch Top of the Pops and then you'd watch Tomorrow's World. Anyway, I'm digressing. Adam and Joe were were talking about how awesome Tomorrow's World used to be and how it made you really excited about the future. The future was this amazing place, mainly silver, um, but this kind of amazing sort of uh, place of tech and advancement and good stuff. And as I grew up, you know, an 80s kid, that's genuinely how I felt about the future. I couldn't wait to be grown up. It was an exciting place and I couldn't wait to get there. And we were listening to this last Christmas. My husband and I ended up sort of having a conversation about how times have changed and how how sad that is that we had our kids in the back of the car. And actually the messages that they have been getting up to that point we're just we're just kind of gloomy and depressing and hopeless and this is happening and the world's going to end and the ice caps are melting and um people are consuming too much and fast fashion's dreadful and um just all this negativity and it's just like gosh that's awful how terrible that our kids are kind of growing up against that backdrop because that's not the backdrop I grew up against um and that's that. That really rattled me and it stayed with me um, throughout the Christmas period. It was a ditzy conversation that Adam and Joe were having, um, but I just couldn't stop thinking about this kind of whole future thing. And uh, and then we got to the new year and I quite like the business of a new year for it feeling like a, a kind of mental fresh start. Um, I quite like that sort of curious midnight transition into i I've emerged you know i'm I'm a new me mm-hmm. um I get suckered into that every year, but this year felt different, and so uh yeah, kind of woke up sort of professing that I was gonna be doing things differently, and um we're gonna try and do something every single day. And I'm going to do it anyway. And family, if you want to come along for the ride, you can. Um, and I was sort of giving it all that. And actually, the reason why I, the reason why I, I set it up, uh, I, I went on Instagram, isn't because I'm some mega social media fan uh, by any means. It was more as a uh, device to make myself do it. I thought if I put myself kind of out there and say I'm doing this thing and know that I've got to be active every single day then that in itself will kind of motivate me to stay true to my word and not do that thing where I get where you know everybody generally gets to about the 25th of January and they've stopped going to the gym and you know they're back on the crisps and they've forgotten about veganism and I thought no I'm going to use it Instagram as a tool to make myself do this thing that I've said I'm going to do, and actually, it's worked brilliantly for that. And the wonderful spin-off of Instagram is that I've met all these met well met. Um, uh, I've met all these amazing Insta friends who are inspiring and motivating in their own right. And I hoover up all of their brilliant ideas and what they're doing, and I apply that to my own life. So it's a really rich resource for me. That's entirely positive. Um stumbled across a few negative accounts early on and I thought, actually, I don't want to go down. I, I don't want that for me. That's not what I'm about. So I sort of unfollowed those. And it was interesting, actually, just before I came on, I was listening to your podcast about decluttering and talking about you, there's a, a bit where you reference social media and sort of making sure you're engaging with it in a way that's kind of positive for your own um. Uh, sort of mental well-being and I definitely made some sort of early mistakes with a couple of things that I tapped into but I knew to sort of back away and just keep things uh, keep things right for me so yes so that's kind of where it all came from listening to the Adam Buxton podcast and mobilizing
2: oh amazing and I see that you literally jumped straight into it with, um, you did Veganuary, right? So you went vegan for the whole of January. I did. That I can imagine is a big step to take.
1: It actually wasn't too much of a big step for us because we are a primarily vegetarian family. And uh, so so I've, I've been vegetarian s- since I was about 10. My girls have vegetarian although they stay they were at that point at the beginning of the year eating fish they've since stopped eating fish and my husband occasionally eats fish still so actually to do to do um the didn't feel it felt like a challenge enough of a challenge um we're quite big on cheese uh <laughs> but um but actually not perhaps if we'd been sort of full-blooded we're blooded carnivores. Um, so it wasn't, wasn't too bad. And it was a really good way to start the year because there's so much support. I mean, that's gav- gathered such a tremendous amount of momentum, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, so, so that was a good thing to jump on in uh, with. And it was good. Yeah, we all, we all ended up getting on board with that.
2: Mm. Oh, that's great. Um, so, yeah, you were saying then about kind of your family getting on board with things. How has that been kind of having the family getting on board with the things you're doing? Has there been any reluctance at all? Or has it been kind of everyone's wanted to try and do
1: their bit? They're just brilliant, um, my gang. I had a funny conversation with my eldest actually yesterday when we we were talking about doing this. And I was saying to her um, at the beginning of the year, what did you feel about me sort of? doing this right we're going to do something every day can you think back to how you felt and she said there were a couple of early weeks in the early weeks um she alarm bells rang a little bit because she sort of had visions of us becoming this kind of earth mothery or me turning into some kind of earth mother um embarrassment and not that I'm knocking earth mothers just to be clear but um basically us sort of turning you know turning into some sort of hippie household and um and what the ramifications might be on her social life if we ended up going down that road um so some early some early reservations which weren't which weren't mentioned at the time she only mentioned this to me yesterday because i quizzed her about it but actually um everybody's been fantastic and it very quickly went from i mean very quickly within a couple of weeks being from something that i was wanging on about to something that actually everybody was into, and we're all in it together, and and we so feel like that now. I mean, they are they are way more activists than me, actually, particularly the the, the girls, and that gives me great comfort and great hope. I have tremendous faith and hope um, in in kids. Uh, kids are just so smart. They're so smarter than ever we were when we were growing up. And and they get this stuff. They totally get this stuff. They get that it's important. They get that change is required. They understand it all. And um, so it's lovely that I see that play out in my girls. And I, I actually, I actually genuinely don't think that there's been a single thing that we've changed implemented stopped having that the girls have struggled with or said actually I'm not keen on that or that doesn't sit comfortably or they're just so up for it um as is my husband as well he's he's great he he's he's quietly supportive he's not noisy like me but he's quietly supportive and uh, and it's good and it's brought us all together actually it's lovely it's really nice it's good
2: That's so awesome to hear because I know that that's something that can be tricky for people when they're trying to make these kind of more sustainable choices and you almost need a support network around you to kind of allow that to be a sustainable practice in itself so it's great that you have that.
1: I was pondering whether or not um, that would have played out differently if it hadn't been this kind of covid a year because we've been at home together so much and we've all kind of it, it's just been our unit of four so much you know has that has that actually ended up being sort of advantageous uh in terms of this other lifestyle change that we've been trying to engineer if the girls had been going off to college and going off to school and been socializing in a regular way if my husband he, he's a uh, musician, so he goes off and plays a lot. If all of that stuff had been going on, actually would it have been as successful as it has been? I I, I like to think so. Um I don't know, it's a curious thing to ponder. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: definitely. I think within this time, as chaotic as it is, um, there's definitely been a lot more time for reflection, I think, yeah. on the whole, um, because everything just came to such a standstill so quickly. Mm-hmm. had nothing else than being in your mind and with your thoughts and yeah coming to terms with the world that we're living in and all the chaos that's been happening so yeah for sure but I want to go back to something you were saying before about your daughter's reservations I think it's awesome because it feels like you've really broken any stereotype that she would have had with you becoming something that could impact on her kind of social status which is it's a really, really interesting thing. Yeah, <laughs> she's
1: she's great, and she. What's lovely about this kind of journey that we've been on is that you realise that you, um, uh, that that you can influence those around you in a sort of quite gentle, um, you know, not uh, evangelical way. You know, you can you can you can change your own habits. You can change your own uh way you go about doing things and talk about it, not hide it away, talk about it. Um, and actually there's a, a really nice kind of ripple effect. And she she's she's quite shy my eldest, but she knows that she's had an impact on her group of friends around things like fast fashion. Um, so she's really discerning about where she does and doesn't buy from now which is a big change for her, you know, she's, she's 17. She's right in that, right in that bracket of, um, uh, you know, wanting to, to stay on trend and and wanting to change clothes regularly and so on. But she's, she's bucked all of that. And she's gone and found her own brands. And she's talked to her friends about that and they, have they've been interested and they've come on board and they've bought things from some of the brands that she's found. And, and that's really great for her, you know, understanding actually just by, just by doing my own thing, talking about it, leading by example a little bit, I can influence people as well. Um, And that's, that's really amazing for a girl that's 17 to understand that and appreciate that. And it comes back to my point about just kids and, Kids, they get this stuff and they're gonna, you know, they're gonna, they're gonna sort it all out, Marla. I'm pretty sure they are.
2: Yeah, I very much hope so. And it does seem very promising, I think, especially because in that kind of this kind of generation, it's like so much more willing to question the systems that are already in place rather than kind of getting into the mindset of, oh, things have always been this way. That's just how they are. For sure. There's more of a questioning of, like, well, why are things this way? Yeah. Should they be this way? And then unpicking it a lot more.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And actually, you, you say something quite interesting there about um, why are things this way? And actually bringing, bringing, that, bringing that point to kind of uh, down to a sort of household level and how we function as a household. So much of this year has just been about fairly small tweaks to habits all of these kind of habitual um, buying habits, uh, lifestyle habits that, you know, we've just done for years, never really questioned it. We've just always done it. And then actually this year has been us so much, so much of this year has been about us just saying, no, 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 stop. Why are we doing that? why did we do it in the first place? Do we need to keep on doing it? No, we don't. So let's stop doing that. Let's find a different way around. Let's buy differently. Let's do things differently. Let's try making it. Let's not try buying it. You know, all of those things, but it, it's at the heart of it all has been kind of around changing these kind of habits that sort of get really embedded from a sort of quite young age Um that you just have to kind of stop in your tracks and challenge them and question them. And I think a lot of people of my generation, not so much your generation, but sort of the, the middle age bracket, you know, you're, you're so, you're such a slave to your routine and slave to your habits. You know, you've just got to keep your household ticking over. You've got to get your kid off to a piano lesson or, you know, you've got to get to work or you've got to get your shopping delivery in and you've got to do this and, 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 and because you've always done it that way um it's quite hard to to make that actually stop let's stop and look at what we're doing here um and that's what we have tried to do a lot of this year question a lot of what we do to see if we can do it better do it differently do it in a more sound way that's what this year has been all about for us that's
2: so awesome like so awesome. And I think, yeah, I think it's almost like now what is becoming the habit is the questioning. So yes it's really exactly only one right. habit that has to change is just questioning.
1: Exactly right that's that's you're so right with saying that um yes it it should start with a question i was looking back some of the some of the early stuff that we did at the beginning of the year that actually is just the norm now there's no need to revisit it we've changed it it's done let's move on you know let's see what else we can uh, challenge but but just really daft little stuff that actually kind of embarrass me now when i think back on them so a really good example is buying ice buying a bag of ice buying a bag of ice was something we did pretty much every week with our sort of weekly shop oh god for i don't know the last six years seven years a bag of ice every week in plastic and it's only when you stop and think hang on why are why are we doing this? Why are we buying ice? Why are we not making ice? Why are why just insane? Um, cucumber buying cucumber wrapped in plastic. Nobody even likes cucumber in the winter because it's imported from overseas and it's in plastic. And we would always throw half of it away. But we just always bought a bloody cucumber every single <laughs> week. Should we stop buying cucumber, family? Yes, let's stop buying cucumber, family. Um, and lots of really, really little things like that were things that we were doing in kind of January, February, you know challenging these little things and then as the years' gone on we've kind of raised the bar and have, have tried to um, tried to tackle some more difficult things and a lot of the time we 're quite good at failing um, we're, we're, we're good at that, but we, we are okay with that, and we usually can find the funny side we feel good about our whole mantra is that we feel good about what we do do and not bad about what we don't um some of the stuff that we don't yet do it's on our radar and we'll get to it but um yeah we feel good about what we do do and not bad about what we don't
2: that's such a great mantra to have for sure oh so good because i think it's so easy to dwell on the things that we're not yet able to do or haven't tackled yet and yeah sometimes we need to recognize the things that we are doing and the changes we have made and yeah and going back to what you were saying about kind of looking back on things from january it's so great to have that to reflect on and be like wow look how far we've come because we set that one resolution at the beginning of the year and it's just catalyzed this whole journey
1: yeah Actually, one of the things I wish I'd—I guess I've kind of done it a little bit through through the record that I've got um, uh, on my Instagram posts. But I, I wish I'd done a better job of kind of cataloguing—cataloguing—that's uh, not the right word—keeping a note of the changes that we've made as the year has rumbled on. Because I think I think we'd be I think we'd be really impressed um, by. All of the changes that we've made um, and all of these lifestyle habits that have shifted. I think I think it would would have been lovely to to have, have noted them down other than just my kind of ditzy Daily Instagram posts. And in fact, that I've started following a few um, a few new people on Instagram who were just at the start of a similar kind of journey to the journey that we're on. And that's one of the things I've fed back to them is keep a log, keep a log of what you're doing, because on those days when you feel impotent again and feel like you're not doing enough or, or the weight of what you should be doing feels a bit too much to bear, you can remind yourself of how far you've come and what you are doing. Those feel good about what you are doing, not about the things you're not. Um, so I wish we had done a better job of that. Um, but um but it it has been an entirely positive experience. Yeah,
2: that's so great, and I'm really glad to hear as well the way that you've been kind of embracing the mistakes and the failure, mm. and because it's so important. Like we were, we're not perfect human beings; we make mistakes, and if we can't learn to be okay with that, we're going to be too afraid to try new things. And yeah, yeah. So that's so great to hear for sure.
1: um, Jen um, I'm sure you're familiar with Jen uh, Gale from Sustainable-ish very very early on I I have a a birthday in January and so right at the sort of start of this kind of change challenge I was given her book and that's her her whole thing is very much around making sure you're doing what you can you know influencing those things that you can and and not necessarily not necessarily forgetting about the things that you can't, but certainly kind of parking them and understanding that you've got to get there. um, And there's, there might be a bit of a journey to get there. And, and that really struck a chord with me. So uh, I think that's helped very much with embracing failure.
2: Yeah. Awesome. So yeah, I thought maybe it'd be nice to talk a little bit about some of the more challenging changes you tried to make or some of the failures that you feel like you learned A lot from
1: I think early on um, I fell into a bit of a trap which I suspect I suspect quite a lot of people fall into when they are trying to change and trying to kind of do better where I I know thinking back to sort of January that I went and bought stuff I went and bought stuff because I I wanted the nice natural um, Fiber, lovely, wooden, gorgeous-looking um, vegetable brush. Because uh, that would demonstrate to anybody visiting that I've made a change, and it's a beautiful thing to look at as well. And actually, the, the 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 plasticky thing that I was using was perfectly fine and perfectly adequate. But early on, I know I made some 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 buying mistakes like that, and I look back on those uh, as Kind of mistakes I made in my uh, sort of over enthusiasm to kind of get the ball rolling and to um, jump in with both feet, and and then of course you you very quickly realise that um, actually that's not really the way forward, and you should only really be buying if you actually really need to, and the the starting point is using what you've got, and um, sometimes even not using what you've got, but seeing if there's something else that can be repurposed to. Yeah, um, so there were some early mistakes like that. We do quite a lot of making um, of of foods and drinks. So I'm thinking about this weekend. So we tried to make. Well, we did make. We made we made rosehip syrup this weekend, which was successful in that we made it. Um, but I'm not entirely sure that the end product is. is is actually going to get used. <laughs> it will get used. It will get used because we don't waste anything. But um, it was it was a really arduous process to get to these bloody bottles of syrup, um, which actually don't taste as fantastic as we all wanted them to taste. But actually, it doesn't matter because uh, we all went on a dog walk. We all went out and got some air. We all got involved in making this syrup. Um, we've learned that we probably won't make it again. And we went on this kind of lovely little weekend journey. Um, and, and that's okay. And that's okay. And so we've done quite a lot of things like that. Um, I can remember my eldest. So she made these dog biscuits. We've got this brilliant old Labrador, Ida. And Ida basically eats everything. Classic lab. She's a classic lab. She eats everything apart from um, lettuce popcorn and then these bloody dog biscuits that my daughter made and it's just Ida, you're really letting the side down here and my daughter was upset because the dog who eats everything wasn't eating these biscuits and actually we she's made dog biscuits since and of course the dog loves them um, but yes we we've done quite a lot of making that hasn't been entirely successful there are some things that i know i need to address that at the moment kind of feel like fails but I, I feel like I'm not quite ready to get there yet. So one of the things for me, Marla, is you may have, you may have noticed that I color my hair. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not naturally blonde like this. I color my hair and that's not great. Um, it comes in plastic. It's horrible chemicals. I'm very aware of the fact I need to uh, address that. Um, And I will address it. I absolutely will address it, but I'm not quite ready to do it yet.
0: Mm. So
1: there are some, they're sort of, uh, for me, they're fails because we haven't got, I haven't got there yet, but they are absolutely on my radar. And um, as we continue down this road, I will sort it out.
2: I think that's such an important thing as well, is having that reflection to be like, this isn't there yet. But that's okay. I'm gonna get like I'm yeah. on the way there. It's gonna happen. But yeah, wanting to do it sustainably is so important because exactly. You know, yeah. yeah, if you just kind of throw everything all in, in all in one go and are like, I'm gonna do everything all at once, you're probably gonna end up two days later being like, this is too much. I can't keep any of it. And yes. yeah, I think that's a trap that a lot of people fall into. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And going back to the point you made at the beginning about a trap you fell into with buying um, kind of the sustainable alternative product. Yes. That, that's something I think so many people fall into because yeah, it is sold to you as being like, oh, well, to live in this way and be sustainable, yeah. you need these things. And it's like, yeah. actually, you don't it. It's kind of almost greenwashing within a sustainable <laughs> sort of um, area, it like targeting people who want to do better, still trapping them in this kind of capitalist, constant buying, consumerist idea.
1: Yeah.
2: Mm. Yes.
1: Yeah, 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 So sort of, yes, yeah, so you end up kind of shift, shifting your consumerism in a different direction, but it's not, it's at, at the heart of the matter. You're still kind of buying for the sake of it and that's the bit that, that you need to challenge but to go back to, um, we were talking about Jen's um, book and being given that quite early on in the year there's a, there's a brilliant um, hierarchy, uh, uh, um, which I'm sure you've seen um, which we have on our fridge at all times mm-hmm. so if ever there's a conversation around mum I think I need or um, we could really do with, that gets referred to because it's so indoctrinated now, it's become a bit of a sort of joke, um, a sort of family joke, but that's okay because it's, a, you know, it's good. But that's, that's been really kind of key in making us challenge whether or not we actually need to go and buy. And actually nine times out of 10, you realize that you don't. And it's funny because there's, there are lots of, I see lots of conversations go around about how leading a kind of a more sustainable lifestyle is, is more expensive. You know, some of the products are more expensive. You know, some of the food and drink is more expensive. Um, And yes, that's right. Some of it is. However, what we have found again and again is that actually you offset that in other ways. So, to give a really a really obvious example, um, if you meal plan properly, you you save a load. And we started doing that pretty much since week one of January. Let's properly meal plan so we're not buying excess and we're not wasting food. And we do that week in, week out, really, really religiously. Um, and I, I genuinely think we've saved hundreds of pounds this year by doing that one simple thing. And of course, what then comes with that is that when you are then needing to buy, let me think of something that is more expensive that I've bought recently. Uh, coffee beans. So, coffee beans. I, I like to have nice coffee in the morning. Um, coffee beans. I buy um, uh, plastic-free. They are undoubtedly more expensive than anything I might buy in the supermarket, um, but that's okay because I can afford to invest in those better coffee beans by uh, by this offsetting by the fact I know that in some areas I've saved money, so that means I can reinvest that money in my coffee beans so I get to have my nice cup of coffee in the morning. So um, I see it come up a lot on Instagram, particularly people that are new to the whole, I want to do something, but it's so expensive, and I've got the motivation, but I can't, I can't make that jump because it's more expensive. Um, but I actually don't think it is, if you look at it as a whole. Um, That's certainly been my experience. Yeah,
2: Yeah, I can definitely resonate with that. And like, I think as well, it does come down to kind of evaluating what are the things that you do need. And there are things that actually you could probably do without that product for a while, even if there is a more expensive, sustainable alternative, Mm -hmm. maybe you don't need it. So for an example, for me, this was I didn't have um, like plant wraps for a while rather than like cling film but I had Tupperware. So I was like, well, I just won't wrap anything and I'll just put it in the Tupperware. And if I'm running out of Tupperware, I'll save jars or I'll save tubs that other things come in and, and use them. I don't need to buy new glass jars. I'll just use what mm-hmm. I have. And mm-hmm. it's trying to yeah, really look at what you already have. And like, of course it does also come down to things like if you have somewhere nearby where it's easier to get things plastic free, Mm -hmm. not everyone lives in a situation where they might have that at the moment but the more of us that try and find a way to do it
1: the more Mm -hmm. likely
2: more businesses are going to support it and then it becomes more accessible so I think it's really trying to go down that route rather than the oh I'm going to try and have this idealized sustainable life that looks beautiful but is very inaccessible yeah yeah Mm
1: -hmm. and actually I think I think um I I I can't work out if it's, if it's just that as the year, uh, as, as this year has rumbled on, I'm just more in tune to it or, or whether things are actually changing. I like to think it's the latter and things are actually changing. I, I think I'm seeing way more plastic free um, stuff uh, in the supermarkets, in the shops. I, I think I'm seeing it more and more. I don't think it's just me. I don't think it's just me being more aware of it. So that's great. That's really great. It does feel like things are changing, and I take great heart in that. I take great comfort from that yeah. yeah
2: and I think it's really lovely to hear that, um especially I know recently i've been getting kind of bogged down in seeing all of the kind of negative things and things mm. that are happening politically or in- go- right. you know in government, and it can become very overwhelming and it's nice then to kind of actually look back and think there are things that are changing. There are things that, you know, I'm trying to do. I've I'm speaking to other people about and seeing that other people are on that journey and having that kind of supportive network of trying to support each other to do better rather than kind of criticize what Mm -hmm. isn't happening yet because that's, Mm -hmm. you know, not as useful. So it's really lovely to hear your perspective on that and that there is there is hope somewhere for the future amongst this uncertain chaotic
1: time. For sure. For sure. I, I, I definitely feel that. I think that the world is a really amazing place and I think that there are really brilliant people in the world doing really brilliant things. And if people aren't feeling that they just need to go and join that gang. Um, They just need to go and, and, and find these brilliant people they're not hard to find they're there and i feel very positive positive. and i also think it's incumbent on incumbent on me as a as a parent to to be that way and to feel that way i want my daughters to feel positive about the world that they're going into i want them to see and them to think that there are these brilliant people out there and the world is a good place the world is a good place and uh I want them to feel enthused and excited about engaging with their world. And I think it's my responsibility to champion that to them. I do feel that.
2: That's so inspiring to hear you say. And I, I really do think what you're doing is wonderful. And oh, thank you. Yeah. And I really do believe it will have helped inspire a lot of other people as well, you know, like especially as well, even your posts when you have kind of reviews on things you've tried and it's really even having that for people who maybe don't have the time to try all the things they can almost, you know, how did you get on with it? And then they know whether it's something that maybe they can take the risk to try. And yeah, it's, it's really great. Um, so yeah. Oh, um, well, thank you. For... <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> thank I'm just going to ask you one final question, um, which I'm sure you're already aware of if you listen to the podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, as it's, you know, my podcast is called A Little Bit of Largan, which is all about finding this balance and, mm. yeah, the kind of sustainable middle ground. Um, I was wondering if there's anything in your day, in your week, a habit that you really feel helps you find a little bit of Largan.
1: Uh, yes, there, there, there most definitely is. Um, and for me, it's running. So I, I run. Well, technically, I'm not sure it's running. Um, it's very slow. Uh, I tell myself it's running though, and that's 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 enough. But I, I run. Um, we we have um, a running machine in the garage, second hand purchase, I should add. And I run um, without fail every other day. And I don't run very far. I never try and go further. I never try and go <laughs> faster. But I I have this kind of uh, half an hour uh, window. Where I go and run and I process and I mull stuff over and I create order in my head. Um, and it's quite sacred, actually. Uh, I'm quite grumpy if I don't run. Um, no, don't, don't say that. You can edit that bit out. Um, uh, I'm always jolly, always jolly. Um, but um, I, I go and run. And that, for me, is my thing that I do that keeps me in check and keeps me in a good headspace. So that for me is, is I guess, how I, I find my little bit of largon.
2: Oh, wonderful. Oh, well, thank you so much for speaking with me. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, you've yeah, really brought some positivity into my day and a lot of lovely information as well. So thank you so
1: much. Oh, thank you. That's really kind. And um, I've really, it's been great. I've really enjoyed it. It's felt like a lovely conversation, Marla. No, it's been wonderful. I think. I think the only thing that um, I feel very much is that um, thinking back to how I was feeling about this time last year, um, you know, where where we started our conversation this afternoon and sort of talking about kind of feeling feeling this sort of knowing I sh- knowing I should be doing something, knowing I could be doing something, but this strange sort of inertia and impotence had sort of set in. Um, my my advice would be to anyone kind of feeling the same way would just be to start something, just do something. Because as soon as you do just one thing, you'll feel absolutely pumped and you'll feel ready to take on the world. Um, and it just comes from this really small thing. So, uh, so if anybody is listening and thinking about taking that jump, do it.
2: Oh, what wonderful advice. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um yes so no problem anyone anyone out there that's that's your little call to to follow that little little thought in your head to go and do something
1: for sure for sure yeah. <laughs>
2: okay yes wonderful thank you so much and no have problem. a lovely rest of your day
1: and you too and we'll catch up soon yes definitely
2: brilliant
1: thanks so much mala no worries. bye, bye. <laughs>
0: I hope that that conversation left you feeling as warm and hopeful as it did for me. It was so wonderful chatting with her and I'm so grateful to have been able to have this conversation and I hope that it's uplifted you as much as it did me. You can follow her and her family on her journey for the rest of this year and beyond on Instagram at The Crap Activist. If you have any thoughts or reflections on the episode or on the podcast as a whole feel free to drop me a message either on instagram at a little bit of lagam or you can send me an email to a little bit of at gmail.com i really do love to hear from you and if you are in a position where you can support the podcast it's so greatly appreciated whether this is through the coffee account which you can just make a small donation which really does make a world of difference And if you're not financially in a position to do this, I would really appreciate it if you wouldn't mind leaving a rating and review on Apple Music as it really helps more people find the podcast who could benefit from it. Thank you so much for listening and I will speak to you again soon. Bye!